0: welcome to At Home with Lauren Keenan, your authority on home, lifestyle and interior design. I'm Lauren Keenan
1: and I'm Scott Keenan.
0: We are the co-founders of Lauren Keenan Home, which is my interior design and styling studio here in Sydney. And just like I do with my clients all over the country, we're here to help you create a home that you love. Today's show is presented by leading Sydney real estate agent, Erkin Erson, who you can trust to connect you with a property that's right for your family and your lifestyle.
1: Now, Lauren, it's springtime, which is usually the most popular time of the year for buying and selling homes.
0: And Erkin's joining us shortly with an update on how COVID has been changing things for buyers and sellers. And he says there's been a big shift in the profile of people in the market for a property.
2: I think it's the biggest shift we've seen since I've been doing real estate in 15 years. Buyers have completely changed how they're looking and what they're looking for. More from
1: Irkham shortly. Plus, we've got Lauren's lovely list, some property inspiration from the US, and we answer some of your questions about interior design and styling.
0: So this show is for everyone that loves a beautiful home, and while coronavirus has changed a few things, we're helping you to adapt to new ways of living and making the most of your spaces. So let's get into it.
1: Thanks for listening. It is really great to have your company today, and we know that there are people listening. All over Australia and all over the world
0: Yeah, I had a really nice message from one of our listeners who was tuning in from Wales last week I'll give her a little shout out and I hope I pronounce her name correctly It was Neris Rowland who's been going through our back catalogue of episodes So it's great that she's been tuning in to what we've been talking about these last few years G'day
1: (laughs) Neris from Down Under We've spent a little bit of time in Wales We have North Wales Mm -hmm. um, At one of those beachside towns there a long time ago Yes, very picturesque Very picturesque Um, do you know whereabouts she's from? She's I not don't, from... sorry.
0: I should, maybe I can send her another message. Shall I do that right now? She's not
1: from Barry Island?
0: <laughs> I don't think so, no.
1: She'd have to be a Gavin and Stacey fan, though. I assume everybody that's from Wales likes Gavin and Stacey.
0: <laughs> I'm sure they do.
1: So keep those messages coming on the socials. Lauren is at Lauren Keenan Home, or you can send any questions that you've got through the contact page at laurenkeenan.com.au. Just hit the contact button at the top of the homepage. Now, there's plenty happening this week, so we want to bring you up to date with a couple of interesting stories. The first one is that The Block is up for sale.
0: It definitely is. And if you've been watching The Block on Channel 9, you'll know that it's been quite a strange year for the contestants in one of the world's biggest renovation reality TV shows.
1: And it's as popular as ever. It the is. ratings are going gangbusters. Yeah, and
0: look, they had to stop the production and, and all of the building for about six weeks during the height of the emergency earlier in the year. And now in a change to previous years, they've actually already listed the properties for sale on domain.com.au.
1: All right, so you can get in and have a sneak peek at some of the rooms that have already been prepared? Yeah, look,
0: I actually thought maybe someone had accidentally hit the publish button and we (laughs) might get to see all the rooms for the whole block, but no, they're releasing a new room for each property each week. So yes, you get to see them on domain.com.au just as we would see them on TV every Sunday night.
1: And they've been doing a really good job with the rooms so far. I mean, it's it's a challenging time for everybody in the workplace These guys are in a really intense situation. And of course, this year, a bit of a different theme, isn't it? Five homes from five different decades.
0: That's right. And at the start of the block, uh, they had to work in the older part of the house. So they were expected to try and keep in with the um, architectural features of the decade that their house was from, which proved... More difficult for some than others, but um, now they're in the more modern part of the house and we are getting to the heavy hitting rooms like the kitchens, living and dining. So it's going to be interesting to see how they transition from those older features into a much more modern um, back of the house. So also this week, the survey says we want out of here. <laughs> so the results of a new survey are backing up uh, a lot of the themes we've been exploring on the podcast this year. This nationwide research has found that Aussies are becoming increasingly dissatisfied with aspects of their homes, and almost 75% of us are rethinking the kind of home and the neighbourhood we want to live in. 75%, that's huge.
1: It is, and one in five people said that they're bringing forward their plans to buy a new house, and the research also showed that more people are prioritising space over proximity to things like CBDs and airports, which is interesting and I suppose reflective of the time that we're in.
0: It is. I think people have shown that they, even if they work in a big city, they don't necessarily have to be there five days a week um, to go to the office. So it's going to be interesting, like you said, to see over the next 12 months what will happen
1: if you want to hear more about changing property search habits, you can go back and listen to our interview with Alice Stoltz, the national editor at Domain a few weeks back. She had some very interesting insights on this topic.
0: And the last little bit of news we want to uh, bring you up to speed on is that it's game on again in Melbourne as some restrictions are lifted. Hooray. Yeah. So Melbourne um, buyers and sellers are wasting no time getting back into the property market and people are scheduling and attending open homes as early as Monday morning just gone. So this is all after the Victorian government lifted the ban on private home inspections. Auctions are still being conducted remotely at this point.
1: Coronavirus and the lockdown in Melbourne has really disrupted the property it market. Has. And ordinarily you would see um, between 700 and 1100 auctions a week at this time of the year. But during the lockdown, it's shrunk to just a handful.
0: Yeah, there were only 1,675 homes listed for sale in Melbourne during September. So that's down over 75% from a year ago.
1: Yeah, it's it's been a big impact and we hope that things can get back to normal reasonably quickly as life starts to come back to normal in the southern capital
0: yeah wish them the best of luck with it our guest today brings a wealth of experience in property search and sales and a passion for connecting people with the right property for their family and their lifestyle. What that right property looks like right now is changing pretty quickly for a lot of people, as coronavirus changes our priorities and what home means for so many of us. Erkin Erson is a director at Ray White Erskineville and Surrey Hills here in Sydney. He says that young first home buyers have actually overtaken investors as the dominant force in the lower end of the property market, and that coronavirus is causing the biggest change in the real estate market in more than 15 years.
1: So for more on that and what you need to know if you're thinking of buying or selling a property in the next 12 months or so, here's our chat with real estate agent Erkin Erson on At Home with Lauren Keenan.
0: Erkin, thanks for joining us. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, yeah, things are really good. We're we're heading into spring selling, which is really exciting. School holidays as well. I'm taking the family up to Byron for a week to recharge the batteries, and then hit the ground running uh, after the holidays.
0: Amazing! That sounds great. And you're getting ready for a big weekend of sales.
2: Yeah, we are. We we had six options. Um, one of them sold prior, so we've got five left to sell tomorrow, and all should wow. be selling.
0: Big day. I'm sure they will if you're in charge. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Now, it's been a really strange year, obviously, and it's great to be able to get your insights into the property market. There were predictions from economists that property prices could fall by as much as 30%, which is scary stuff, but that hasn't happened. How would you describe this year so far compared to what you thought it might look like back in March?
2: Back in February and March, the market was was still holding quite strong. The biggest concern, I think, for everyone is, is COVID-19, and it was still quite fresh and new back then. After the lockdown in Sydney anyway, I think there were some really challenging times um, without being able to do on-site auctions and public inspections. We were doing online auctions and private inspections. It was challenging, but we adapted quite quickly. Once the government allowed us to do on-site auctions and public opens again, things started to go back to what we call now a bit of a new normal. Things were still selling and we were getting some really strong prices and that's continuing now. I think the main reason for that is stock levels have remained low throughout the year and also interest rates are really low, so it's a a great time to be buying uh, and selling, really.
0: And as you mentioned, spring um, is the most popular time of the year to buy and sell property. Why do you think that's so? Why is spring the best time to get your house on the market or to look for a new house to purchase?
2: Spring is sort of that last opportunity for people to get in before the end of the year. What that allows is people to uh, present their homes in their best light it's a bit warmer, the flowers are blooming, and people just generally are in better moods. And for buyers, mm-hmm. they really want to finish the year with that sort of bucket list tick and that's buy property, So the new year can be focusing on that next stage of their lives versus starting that house hunt again.
1: Yeah, and I suppose uh, the record low interest rates right now and the favourable borrowing terms uh, are something that's going to play into the market as well at this uh, last quarter of the year.
2: Yeah absolutely look there's some speculation that things may change with, with lenders and their borrowing criteria so I think while they're still fairly easy going with lending interest rates probably won't won't go anywhere or change you know probably for the next 5 to 10 years so if you've got you know good job security uh, money's super cheap um, I'd definitely be out there looking at buying as soon as I could
1: Yeah, there's even um, discussion at the moment about the possibility of the central bank cutting rates further to 0.1 of a percent, which is just incredible to think about.
2: It is, but I think uh, it will help buyers. But ultimately, uh, ultimately, it's it's going to be the stock. you know. Until the stock comes on, I think buyers will still find it challenging. So hopefully spring will change. We'll see a few more properties on the market to give
1: buyers a bit more choice. And do you think there is some pent-up demand in the market, you know, particularly in Victoria where they've been in lockdown for a long time?
2: Yeah, there is. Uh, and look, I call these black, black swan moments where you have um, an election or you have a credit crunch or a virus. Uh, where where, where things are always going to happen. So one thing that people will always need is a roof over their head, whether it's upsizing, downsizing, I'm not saying less investor activity. So there are less people out there who already have a home who are focused on buying an investment property. But there are a lot of people, especially 1st home buyers, owner-occupiers who are really taking this opportunity to buy something where in the last sort of two to three years, they may have been outpriced in the market.
0: Well, let's talk a bit more about that because younger buyers are in the strongest position that they've been in for some time. Lockdowns meant that they haven't been able to go on overseas holidays, spend money at cafes and pubs. Eating
1: smashed out they So
0: they're saving their money instead, which is great. You believe that first home buyers have really overtaken investors, like you just said, as the dominant force. Can you tell us a bit more about the profile of your buyers and what vendors need to do to appeal to younger first home buyers?
2: Our general marketplace around the inner city and in the west is driven by young professionals. These people still expect, I think, a certain amount of lifestyle or presentation in their properties. So we're really encouraging our owner to take that next step with their presentation, whether it's property styling, painting judging up their front and backyards. And I think that will really draw on, on that younger generation who sometimes can't see past you know the bricks and mortar. You still have to appeal um, with great presentation, great photos, a property video, which highlights the home, uh, just to uh, capture that market. I've done about 15 uh, virtual inspections through FaceTime, but it's also the property uh, walkthrough tour that we present with all of our homes It allows people to get a sense of the property, the aspect, the light, and the layout and condition before they have to leave uh, the the comfort of their home, and some might say safety with how nervous people are, before they make that commitment to inspect that property.
1: I'm interested to know, are you seeing more competition? What is the competition level like for properties? There was one recent auction in Sydney's West where there were 23 registered bidders, and the property sold uh, above the reserve, which was great for the vendors. Are you seeing more competition for property, and what do you think results like that one say about how to price a property at the moment?
2: People aren't so concerned about proximity to the city or airports or lifestyle at the moment. It's more about space and size. So we are seeing more buyers who are happy to sacrifice location to go a bit further out to get more land, because they are spending a lot more time from home. Most people are working from home now. They would like a separate office or study versus having their office set up on their dining table and moving it when it's time to eat dinner. So I think what's Sounds driving familiar. <laughs> it, it is. That's everyone, you know. And and so I think what's driving that and those results are people are going out to areas where they weren't considering before and that's causing that competition. But the same thing's happening with us. So a lot of people have seen this opportunity to upsize their homes. So if you've got a two bedroom apartment in Beaconsfield, for example, this may be a great opportunity to buy a four bedroom house in Beaconsfield because you may have been outpriced. So there's always going to be this I guess wheel of, of transactions in our area, which is which is great for buyers and for sellers.
0: I believe there's also been some examples where properties have sold for less than when they were last traded. Have you seen that, and how do you approach that with people who are you know looking to to sell their house?
2: Well, it all comes down to motivation. It, it actually just happened um, with me last weekend. It was a house at fifty seven Hopeton Street in Camperdown. My clients bought it about eighteen months ago for one million four hundred thirty five thousand. Due to COVID. Uh, the property didn't meet their needs anymore. They needed more space and they made that commitment to sell the property and we sold it for 1340000 But when we did the maths, because now they're looking for a bit more space and they can go a bit further west, they're actually going to be better off because the larger the property is, often the bigger the discount. So they were happy to sacrifice the cost to cost 100, 150000 because they may make it up by saving 300000 on the next purchase. So it all comes down to motivation.
0: Yeah, so it's all relative really, isn't it? It depends what your next move is.
1: And that new normal that you're talking about means a lot more people are working from home. How much of a driver do you think that is going to be for the property market over the next 12 months or so?
2: I think it's the biggest shift we've seen since I've been doing real estate in 15 years. Buyers have completely changed how they're looking and what they're looking for. People are now waiting for a property that has that fourth bedroom which can be a study. They want that big backyard. They want double parking versus one parking. They want the quiet tree-lined street. They want access to beaches and parks versus CBD and airports. So I truly believe Moving forward, this is the new buyer and what they're looking for. It's not so much about proximity to cafes, restaurants, bars. It's what's the closest park, how close am I to the river or the beach? Um, is there a separate study I can have as my office so my study desk isn't in the third bedroom?
0: Now I know you're a naturally optimistic person, but do you have any concerns about the economy that might affect property sales in the you know the coming months?
2: Yeah, I do. Yeah, no one has a crystal ball, but. Um, in, in my humble opinion, I do feel that things may get a little, more, a little bit more challenging after March next year when the government subsidies are taken away. They've already reduced JobKeeper from 1,500 to 1,200, so they're slowly chipping away at that. JobSeeker will be gone, and then the mortgage holiday periods have already started slowly being taken off the table. What that will mean is there will be some owners um, who have investment properties who may be in a situation where one partner has lost their job; they can't afford to hold on to that investment. So they make the tough decision to sell that property in order to not lose their family home. So I do think there'll be a bit more stock on next year. But again, it's it's all relevant. If I was a buyer, I wouldn't necessarily be waiting six months for that to happen because that perfect property may not be available or I may not be in a position to fund that perfect property. So if you see something you like, I'd jump on it now. As a seller, I probably would be encouraging most people to come on the market in the next three months versus six months because I do think things may get a little bit more it won't be that property crash that people are predicting. It may come back five or ten percent. I think there are also micro markets within New South Wales and within Australia. So what's happening in you know Sydney may not be happening in Byron. Byron's going through a boom at the moment, for
1: example. Mm. You know, so you, the you have to boom.
2: which market you're in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You talked a little bit about buyers there and you know we know people have said to us, oh, I don't know if now is the right time to buy. When, when do you think is the right time to buy? It really is when the, the, the right property is there for you that you can afford and that you can get finance for, right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I, I always say there is no right time to buy. You've got to look at your own personal situation. If you see the right home, as you said, uh, perfectly and you're in a financial position to buy that property, I would look at buying that property. I think if you try and wait for the market you know, to be at its worst or to be at the absolute bottom, uh, it, it's not the right move to do. The scary thing is, you only know when you're at the bottom of the market when the prices start going up again. And sometimes then it goes up so quickly that you're priced out of the market. So it's more about your situation can you borrow the money, your job security, and your life needs? You know, I personally, my wife is pregnant with our third child. I bought my house two years ago. We're looking at now moving in the next three years, regardless of what the market's doing. So, everyone's got their own situation. So, it's a really tough question to answer. But in general, um, don't wait for the market. Buy when you're in a position to do so. Whether the market's up or down, it's really out of your hands.
0: And then thinking more about the things that vendors should do to present the property to have the best chance of selling at the maximum price they can achieve, there's obvious things like cleaning and decluttering. But... As an agent, what are the things that that you think that help people achieve the best price? Is it street Uh, appeal? Is it putting a new kitchen? What what are the things that you look for?
2: In this market, I'd be careful about doing anything too structural to a property based on the volatility. What I'd be doing is the three non-negotiables for me is styling or staging the home, uh, a fresh lick of paint and flooring, whether it's carpet, polishing some floorboards. And if you have a house, the front and rear garden, Um, if you have an apartment, your balcony, or terrace. You want to create a real emotional environment where someone can see themselves living in a property. It's not about the bricks and mortar. Um, It's artwork. It's the the feeling you get um, through the home. So if you do those two or three things and you do them well, I think you'll give the property the best chance of getting the best price, regardless of what's happening externally.
0: And I also think just, you know, on the styling note, it's important to style it in a way that uh, has some personality but also appeals to the broadest number of people possible. You don't want to be polarising people too much to then, Um, you know minimise your buyer pool right?
2: Absolutely look I I think there's a general rule with styling it's best to play it safe I do love people who are quite bold and create one feature wall or have a statement piece of artwork but when you try and do too much and it gets too busy you can actually detract from what you're doing so I say keep it simple keep it soft uh, and minimal but, but don't be afraid to be a bit bold with one room or one wall or an outdoor uh, outdoor setting, for example.
0: Yeah, it might just be the thing that makes your property memorable. To the other five that they've looked at that day. Well, you do. You want to stand out. You know,
2: I've seen a lot of stylists get it wrong. You know, you can look at five houses and it looks like you looked at the same house five times. You do mm. want um, the buyers to walk away and say, "I really like that one on Victoria Street. That was the one with the beautiful art piece. You know, over the dining table." You know, It's a conversation starter.
0: And what about tips for buyers then? What should buyers be doing to get themselves in the, in the right position to secure the property they love?
2: Uh, well, the first thing I do is before I start looking, I'd go to the bank or a broker and organize my finance. Um, I would then be looking at as many properties as I could and attending as many options as I could to put myself in the best position to be able to buy uh, when that comes up. Build relationships with local agents in the area that you're looking so you can find out about off-market opportunities potentially before they hit the market. That's a great way for some buyers to save money if they can buy something without, uh, I guess, auction competition. Um, I've sold five properties off-market in the last two weeks. They were all good prices, but also the buyers were, were ecstatic that they were able to buy something without competing with four other people.
0: Well, I think while lots of things have changed this year, it's really great to see that things are feeling more positive, especially as Victoria comes out of lockdown as well, and property sales are remaining strong elsewhere, especially in Queensland and New South Wales. So thank you so much, Erkin, for giving us your advice and expertise today on the, on the podcast. It's been great having you here.
2: No, I really appreciate it and uh, I wish you guys the best
1: it's good to hear from Erkin. Plenty to think about there, Lauren, if you're thinking of buying or selling in the next 12 months or so.
0: Yeah. And look, if you've bought a new home and you want some help making it your own, you know you can get in touch with me so we can talk about how I can help. I can give you some personal advice on colour, furniture, kitchen and bathroom renovations, room layouts, and so much more. So head to the contact page on my website and let's get started.
1: Fantastic. And we should also get started now on Lauren's lovely list. This is your favourite segment of the week and it is the segment where we give you three things that Lauren is loving right now and it could be stuff that she's working on that you've seen uh, in and around the place or just stuff that you find inspiring.
0: That's right. So I've got three great um, things to tell you about today. The first one is a company called Batch which is an Australian ceramics company that creates beautiful and functional tableware. They have bowls, platters, cups, cake stands, you name it, but each piece is individually created in their Sydney studio, so you really are getting a -a one-of-a-kind piece, and I really love the colours too, so they've got everything from those beautiful gelato pastel kind of tones through to really bright oranges and bright blues, so whatever your taste, there's going to be a piece of ceramics to to fit with your style. Fantastic, sounds good. And a little side note, Batch is actually owned and made by Joy Smithers, and Joy is a really well-known Australian actress. She's been in many shows and movies over the years, so you might remember her from Home and Away, All Saints, and The Flying Doctors, just to name a few. So just thought I'd just put in that interesting little bit of trivia for you. So
1: head down and grab yourself a bowl or platter and then a selfie with a famous Aussie actor. Exactly. And also a throwback to what we were talking about earlier in the episode, The Block. Joy actually appeared on an episode of The Block this week where the contestants were asked to make a ceramic piece that they have to showcase in their home. I know,
0: and I felt a bit sorry for joy because the (laughs) the efforts of the contestants were mostly fairly poor. They
1: were I mean it's not an easy thing to do and it just shows how good their uh, artwork is and their craft is.
0: That's right so the second thing I want to tell you about on the lovely list today is the new kids collection from Adairs. If you've got some special little people in your life be sure to check out the new Adairs kids collection. The bedding is really lovely there's lots of different fabric prints Um, we've got florals, animals, geometric, just some cool patterns, lots of things that kids would love. And there's also some great homewares and accessories that you can use to decorate their rooms as well. So be sure to check that out. Um, I always like to recommend people join the Adair's Linen Lovers Program, which I think is about $20 for two years, I'm going to say. Don't quote me on that. You're a member. I am a member. I do spend a lot of money at Adair's for myself and my clients. And it's well worth it because you do save additional percentages off both full price and sale items. So check that out. And the third thing I want to talk about today is actually two Instagram accounts that I'm following quite closely at the moment.
1: And we've both followed for a while.
0: We do. So we often dream of a bigger house in the middle of nowhere, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Maybe one that's got some character that was built in a bygone era.
1: And needs a little bit of TLC.
0: Yeah. But look, there's not a lot of properties like that here in Australia, to be honest. Sadly not. Available. No. But there are plenty in the USA. Yes. So the two Instagram accounts I'd like to tell you about today are Cheap Old Houses, And Escape Brooklyn.
1: And I'll put the links to those in the show notes and on the blog for this episode of the podcast.
0: So cheap old houses is a bit of a funny name for an Instagram <laughs> account, but uh, it definitely does what it says on the tin. It's an Instagram account that features all these amazing old houses in the USA, um, plenty of photos r- of yeah, often rural, are quite areas. rural areas or cities that are outside major metropolitan areas. So we're not talking about things in like, you know, LA or New York City or anything like that. It's places you might not have heard of before, but
1: Vermont and Virginia. and
0: Oh my God, these houses and they're so cheap.
1: Yeah, usually all under $100,000 US on cheap old houses.
0: And they do need a little bit of love, let's just say that. But But gee, there's
1: some gems there and and it's kind of, it's a bit depressing when you see how big they are, how much you can get for your dollar. And compare Um, that
0: to what happens here.
1: Yeah, amazing. So that's cheap old houses. And what about Escape Brooklyn?
0: Well, Escape Brooklyn is an account that we actually came across uh, a few years ago now when we were planning a trip to America and we were going to be doing a road trip into upstate New York. So Escape Brooklyn is part travel blog um, and, you know, things that you can do outside of the city. But lately they've started posting lots of blog posts and just information on Instagram about these gorgeous old houses that are um, in upstate New York and there are some crackers on there.
1: Yeah, so while we can't travel at the moment... It's still good fun to jump on and have a look at some of the properties that are for sale and maybe some places that you could go and visit once uh, our border uh, bans are lifted and hopefully coronavirus is sorted out.
0: It's a bit of real estate porn in the meantime. is a good place to start
1: absolutely now you can sign up for lauren's lovely list at laurenkeenan.com.au
0: so with the lovely list every month i'll be emailing you a list of all the things that i'm loving right now that inspire me and my workers an interior stylist things um similar to what we've talked about here today but it might also include books new homewares that have been launching in store things like that just to get you inspired around your home
1: good stuff so check that out laurenkeenan.com.au and sign up for the lovely list
0: so much for listening today. And if you're new to the show, welcome. We drop new episodes at 8am on Saturday mornings every week or two to get you inspired around the home and to give you something fun and interesting to listen to on the weekend. Yeah,
1: and tick, tick, we're fun and interesting. (laughs) Well, we try
0: to be. (laughs) (laughs) So if you like what you hear and you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, then please give the show a five-star rating and leave us a review.
1: Yeah, it sounds a bit needy, but it is important because it does help other like-minded people to find the show.
0: That's right. And it also lets us know that you like the show too, which we always love to hear.
1: And there's been a few lately, including one from Kath. G'day, Kath. Thanks for your message and your review. Uh, Kath said that she finds the guests interesting and she always finishes listening to one of our episodes with a few little life hacks of her own that she can sort of take away for her own home and her own life.
0: Excellent. Well, we aim to please and I'm glad Kath's got something great out of it.
1: Same here. Now, Lauren, we've also got a couple of questions from listeners that have been sent in via the contact page on the website. Alison from New Farm in Brisbane wants to know how high you should hang your artworks.
0: That is an amazing question, Alison, and thank you so much for asking. Because is this it,
1: controversial?
0: It is to me <laughs> because, um, as you know, I go into a lot of different houses as part of my job and I help people bring their spaces to life. But the thing that I often see is artworks hung too high.
1: Too high? Too high. See, I would think they'd be hung too low. No. Because you can't reach up that high. There's like
0: a natural propensity for people to hang their artwork higher than it should be hung.
1: And where? So where should they be hung?
0: Well, look, a general rule of thumb, just to make it easy for people, regardless of the size of the artwork we're talking about, is that the middle of the artwork. So find the the, the um, vertical midpoint should be at about eye level for an average height person. So if you think of an average height person might be 160 centimeters or 165, that's where the middle of the artwork should be hanging on the wall. So you're not craning your neck upwards to look at the artwork. It actually feels like it's part of the room and it's connected to the other furniture and accessories pieces.
1: That's the important point, isn't it? That there is a continuity and a connectedness between the artwork and the other things in the room.
0: Otherwise, they're all just acting separately and it's just not a very cohesive way to go about it.
1: And then what type of general advice would you provide about leaning artworks up against a wall as opposed to hanging them on a wall? How does that tend to work?
0: Well, if you're leaning artworks up against a wall, they're more than likely going to be sitting on a piece of furniture already. So it might be um, a sideboard, buffet, a console table, something along those lines. It works really well for people who are renting who maybe um, don't want to get permission for putting holes in the wall or, or aren't able to hang things up. It's a little bit more of a casual look when it comes to artwork, not hanging it, so you can often pair the artwork, if you've lent it up against the wall, with maybe a plant or some other accessories just to tie it in like a little vignette um, on your console or on your on your buffet. But um, you can also do more than one, which is a cool thing, get a bit of a layered look happening.
1: There you go, Alison. I hope that was useful for you. Thanks for sending that question through the contact page at laurenkeenan.com.au. And if you've got a question that you'd like to ask Lauren, make sure to get in touch as well through the website. website or even on the socials at Lauren Keenan Home. Now, don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Just smash that subscribe button, perhaps in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen. You can also stream our whole back catalogue anytime at laurenkeenan.com.au. Just click on the podcast button on the homepage.
0: There's many. There's lots of episodes there now. What are we up to, about
1: 50? Yeah, we're well over 50 now, which is awesome. And there's some great interviews going back to people like Jamie Jury, Amanda Talbot, who is the interior designer for the Merivale Group here here in Sydney
0: Tim Rosso Ross
1: yes one of our most popular episodes with um, Tim Rosso Ross who is a former radio guy but also is mad keen on mid-century modern architecture here in Australia
0: So check those out when you get a chance. But coming up on the next episode of At Home with Lauren Keenan, restaurants and hospitality is one of the worst affected industries in the pandemic, but they've also been one of the most resilient and they're becoming more integrated into our lives at home. Home delivery has always been a thing, but now some of our top restaurants have pivoted to give us a restaurant experience at home.
1: Yeah, it's work to treat for them and they're very grateful for the way that we've all picked up on it here at home.
0: The industry definitely acknowledged it and you could see it in the faces and in the expressions in the the emotions of people that run espresso bars to wine bars that were just selling booze takeaway like no matter who it was they were doing home delivery takeaway anything they were so appreciative you know and some of the conversations I had with friends just disbelief that the offering that they put forward was sold out every night or booked in advance. You know, it was a real, it was really great. So that's Mike Eggert from Toddy's Restaurants here in Sydney. And that's coming up in the next episode, dropping next weekend. He's the executive chef there.
1: Can't wait to bring you that episode. He's a really thoughtful guy and we had a great chat with him. So that's coming up next week.
0: We did. So that's the show. Thanks to Erkin Erson from Ray White, Erskineville and Surrey Hills, who you can trust to connect you with the right property for your family and your lifestyle. Thanks for listening, and wherever you are, stay safe, look after each other, and we'll catch you on the next episode of At Home with Lauren Keenan, your authority on home, lifestyle, and interior design.
1: See ya. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>